0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy.
1: Kimberly Strassel, member of the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal, a, an oasis of courage and wisdom in our society. And a columnist there as well. Kimberly, how are you?
2: I am good. How are you, Dennis?
1: Are you quarantining somewhere?
2: I am. Well, when, when all of this happened, uh, I came up to be with my family uh, at our house in Alaska. So I have been uh, hunkered down in Alaska.
1: How many people have... Do you know... I don't expect you to know this, but, uh, but if you, you might. Do you, how many people have died from the, the uh, virus in Alaska?
2: Ten. We've had 380 cases, about, and 10. Most of those are recovered, and for the past two weeks, we've only been getting one or two a day of, of new cases.
1: Are there voices, I want to go obviously to Mueller and to the, the, the whole stuff, that more that's come out on, on the Russia collusion hoax, but I, 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 are there voices in Alaska saying, are you kidding?
2: Yeah, there are. Now, I have to say this. Um, I think the governor, we've been opening up now for 15 days. We're already in phase two. So I give the governor here, Mike Dunleavy, some credit that he is, you know, I think he's being very rational about this and very rational about uh, the terrifying consequences to the economy and the need to get things moving again, especially given the very low risk we're seeing up here.
1: Okay, uh, I've been concentrating. Not so in California, I've heard. No, no, no. The whole it, thing it, has been a horrific error. But okay, I'll, I'll leave that uh, for now. Let's talk about something that you have been brilliantly writing about and bringing to our attention. Tell me, what do you, Kimberly Strassel, who knows as much about this as anyone, in my opinion, do you know anything now you didn't know two months ago?
2: Yes. uh I think we've all learned a great deal about this uh Flynn case that we didn't know two months ago, but not the central point. And I think that that's important. Look, you can go all the way back to almost a year ago, more than a year ago, when we actually obtained some of the first filings in, in this Flynn case, uh where the government in the, the first instance turned over some documents that up until then they had kept hidden. And that included for instance, uh, some notes that former Deputy Director Andrew McCabe had written to himself. And that's when we got the central picture here, uh, which I and others wrote about, about how Flynn had been set up. He'd been sandbagged. And that was incredibly obvious even from those notes back then. What we've since obtained in this most recent filing is a lot more details about just how deliberate that was. Um, and. Um, who all was involved? So, some pretty damning information included about Jim Comey's role in this and about how he once again uh, ignored his superiors to move ahead with this whole plot. Um, and obviously, some of those notes that, that make clear that the top leadership of the DOJ wanted to use this to set a perjury trap or to get Flynn fired.
1: Why Flynn?
2: I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, One, uh, and Andy McCarthy, uh, the former federal prosecutor, has said this very eloquently, and he would know given his time in government, but he pointed out that... Flynn, as the former director uh, of of, uh, military intelligence or rather the defense intelligence agency, uh, was one of the few people that would likely be in a position as national security advisor to unravel what the FBI and the intelligence agencies had been doing over the past nine months with regard to Trump. Um, uh, the other person who might have been able to have exercised uh, some kind of quality control and shut this down would have been Jeff Sessions as the new AG, and that's why they worked so hard also to get rid of him immediately by forcing him to recuse himself.
1: Do you think, by the way, in retrospect, that he should have recused himself?
2: No, absolutely not, Um, especially because he knew he had done nothing wrong.
1: So why did he? Um, That was a puzzle to me. Why did he?
2: Uh, look i i think the uh, here's the thing that keeps recurring to me dennis is that the bad guys in all of this had the benefit of knowing exactly what was going on and what they were doing whereas nobody else did and so it allowed them to stay 10 steps ahead of the game so remember when sessions came under that extraordinary pressure to recuse himself. We had no idea of just how deeply Mm -hmm. in it the Mm -hmm. FBI was. Um, And I think he thought he'd step aside. This would go away. Uh, No one understood that this was going to be a three-year drama.
1: I'm going to give a big general question. Has it? I almost feel silly. I feel somewhat like a child asking, but I will anyway. I I love this country. And I, I may... I'm starting to think that I, I may have had slightly too high an opinion of of some of our elite institutions. Uh, has that happened to you?
2: I would put it this way, Dennis. I, I feel very much as you do, but I, I think I had too much faith in the leadership of some of our institutions. I think, for instance, that the FBI is still largely 99 percent composed of of people who are committed to defending and protecting the United States and going after true bad guys. I think one of the problems that this is exposed is that uh, because we want those institutions to do well and be able to act rapidly, that we give them a great deal of latitude and uh, ability to investigate. And when you end up with someone who is so unhinged, uh, and, uh, sort of uh, arrogant as a Jim Comey at the top of that place, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, and we, what I come out of this understanding is that we have to be far more careful in future about the Senate confirmation process and who we put in these positions
1: are you prepared to say anything about former president obama's role
2: look i think this is going to be the next big story um a, a lot of us who covered this have always wondered uh what exactly that story looked like because it was always there right people forget this is that all the focus on this when this dossier came about was about the fact that it turned it got turned over to the fbi but let's not forget that the dossier was not commissioned initially for the FBI. It was commissioned for political actors. It was commissioned for the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. And there is no question that it circulated in top ranks of the government. And so the question was not, did Obama know about it, but when did he? Um, and, and what actions were taken as a result of that? Um, and and that, you know, gets as well to these actions with regard to Flynn, which is just a small piece of this.
1: There was a, uh, a letter circulated or a petition circulated yesterday. I'm reading to you from NBC News. 2,000 former DOJ FBI officials call on Attorney General Barr to resign. Are you familiar with that?
2: Yes and uh, my view is that all 2,000 of them should be drummed out of uh, decent society because, uh, you know what, this is patently political, what they are doing, Uh, and it's so unfair. People immediately came out, and, and you can measure the level of disingenuousness them by what they said about this probe and if they immediately came out and said Bill Barr did this and Bill Barr is acting on behalf of Donald Trump then you know that they are bad actors because what really happened was that Bill Barr appointed a US attorney from Missouri named Jeff Jensen and he conducted the review and this guy spent 10 years at the FBI 10 years as a career prosecutor no one has ever suggested that he is anything other than a straight-up prosecutor. He was the one that looked into the Flynn case. He was the one that recommended the case be withdrawn to Bill Barr, and Bill Barr agreed with that assessment.
1: I only raise it in light of your statement, 99% are wonderful. This is 2,000 people. That's a lot.
2: Yeah, and I'd love to, if you took a look, how many of those were people that were uh, political actors or appointees. Um, uh, and and don't forget, too, I mean, the, the, when I talk about the FBI, I, I think about a lot of the guys that are out in the field offices and things. Um, right, and I understand. In,
1: right, they're not these people. Yeah.
2: They're not political okay. actors. Okay, uh,
1: this, I'm very curious to get your response to. What percentage of the American people do you believe, still believe, that Russia and the Trump campaign colluded?
2: Unfortunately, I think a significant number. And that's entirely because the media had a lot of fun reporting their conspiracy theories and then have lost all interest in the story now that um, the truth has come out that that all of their reporting before was incorrect.
1: Right. So...
2: I mean, this is remarkable. Can you tell me what newspaper put the news of the Flynn withdrawal of this case on their front page? I mean, no one. I mean, this is huge that the Department of Justice has admitted that it's FBI leadership sandbagged and entrapped a national security advisor. Engineering his resignation and then attempting to put him in jail. And, and they've acknowledged this. And, and the newspapers just, you know, it's not a story to them.
1: I'll conclude by telling you something that I've told my listeners. I'm a student of totalitarianism. I was at the Russian Institute at Columbia. I read Pravda every day. I believe for much of my life that the press can only brainwash people in a tyranny. And I now realize that it's not true. They can do that in a free society as well.
2: I think it's disturbing, but there is an element of that that is true. And, um, you know, it's good that we still have competing voices. It's good that we can get it out there. But if if you're only ever going to turn on CNN, uh, it's sort of a little bit like living in that world you just described.
1: (laughs) Keep fighting, dear Kimberly Strassel. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. I want to talk to you for a moment about a group I've done work with for years, ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack. Go to townhallreview.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom to help ensure the opponents of freedom don't dictate your future. That's townhallreview.com. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. The death of Ahmad Arbery, a young black man in Georgia, has highlighted some big issues in the rule of law. Last week, we saw an arrest of two white men charged with murder and aggravated assault and the fatal shooting of the 25-year-old. Once video of the incident surfaced on social media, the story rightfully exploded all over the media and in the public consciousness. Many are rightly asking why it took 74 days between the shooting and an eventual arrest. The Attorney General in Georgia on Sunday announced doing just the right thing, that Georgia would ask the United States government through the Department of Justice to conduct an investigation as the DOJ is uniquely equipped to do. This is exactly what the rule of law looks like, and we'll be watching the case closely. For now, our prayer must be with the Arbery family and with the entire community as they grieve their loss and as we look for justice. I'm Albert Mueller. ADF, fighting for those whose religious freedom is being violated.